This is Foxhole Podcast number 12. I am Joe DeLisi, and let's kick this one off. I got some, uh, I got three kind of little ideas I want to talk about today before we do. I wanted to, um, well, first tell you I'm sick. So my normal beautiful voice is uh, a little bit huskier today. Might actually sound pretty good. Um, I never listen to these, but maybe I'll listen to this one because I like that deep voice. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if we can't get through this one, uh, without hacking all over the microphone. Um, also we, this is, uh, I'm recording this one early December. I don't, I don't know when it's going to come out probably in a week or two. Um, hopefully sooner than that, but we are getting ready to kick off, uh, our third Foxhole group, Foxhole 003. And I'm excited because I am partnering with somebody on this one, on this group in particular. So Foxhole 001 has, um, been, uh, phenomenal. Uh, we are in our third year of that with people who are in that group. Um, and, uh, man, they're doing great. Uh, discipline's increasing, um, production's increasing on their business. Um, health is improving relationships. Um, the guys have been great. I mean, they really have been. Foxhole 002 is about six months in, and now we're going to start Foxhole 003. And, uh, I'm going to team up with my friend, uh, John Crane, and um, I call him the most successful financial advisor you've never heard of. <laughs> it's maybe a little bit of an inside joke. Some of the people in Foxhole know what that is, and maybe one yeah, we probably need to get Crane on here, and we could talk about that. But um, he's gonna he's gonna help next year um, in this uh, 03 group. And uh, man, he I think it's just gonna be awesome because he's he brings a skill set that I don't have. Um, he thinks a little differently than I do. He's an MBA kind of a mindset. I am most definitely not an MBA type of mindset. Um, and at the same time, he's not like that engineer, um, you know, spread, well, he does like spreadsheets, but he, you know, he, he doesn't operate like a spreadsheet engineer, MBA type. Uh, otherwise, otherwise we couldn't be friends. Um, so yeah, Foxhole 003, we are open now for that. I'm going to close registration on that pretty soon. Really, we max out these groups at about seven people. We can go as low as four. Any, lo- any less than four, we won't do the group. Um, really, any more than eight or nine, and it just doesn't work. I think six, seven is ideal. Really, seven's ideal. Um, so if you're interested, Joe Delisi at foxholepartner.com. That's singular, foxholepartner.com. Delisi, D-E-L-I-S-I. You can also obviously jump on our Facebook group and... Um, and get me that way. Uh, our website, foxholepartner.com. Uh, and also in our Facebook group, <clears throat> oh, there goes the coughing. In our Facebook group, we, ha- we have a, a more of a private page, um, fi- Facebook. Uh, it's Foxhole Partner um, team page. Look for that. Jump in there. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more in there because uh, you guys can interact with each other rather than me just talking at you. Okay. So that takes us a couple minutes in. Let's get into what I wanted to talk about. And as always, you know, I, I drive a lot. So I, you know, we live both in St. Louis and in Memphis, Tennessee. That's where my, my office is, is in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and so I have to drive back and forth a lot, five hours each way door to door. Um, sometimes I like to listen to MLB radio. Sometimes I listen to politics. Um, sometimes I listen to podcasts, not too often. Uh, every now and then I like audiobooks. Those are good. Uh, a lot of times I just drive with nothing on, um, because my brain is loud enough. And I, you know, I think through just random stuff, but I, I usually use these things to help impact my business. Um, my primary business, um, you know, I'm in the financial arena and, and I, I use it there or I dissect what I'm doing well or could do better. And so the title of uh, today's podcast, I just kind of jotted it down. I think we'll probably keep this title. 
um, is Man Crushes, Moneyball, and Axe versus Ballers. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a better title on the podcast universe, frankly. So let me let me walk you through what what those all mean. Man Crushes actually came out this morning because uh, I was I had some downtime this week um, and I had watched uh, The Greatest Showman last year around this time. I think it came out maybe around this time. So I watched it you know, in the winter. I did not want to watch that that movie. Um, I am not a m- music musical musical movie kind of guy. Not my thing. Could not for the life of me understand how Wolverine was going to play P.T. Barnum. Like I just I was not into it. But you know, as, as things turn out, when you're when you're a dad of four and, and your wife says we're watching this movie, then you watch the movie. And let me tell you something. Like, if you haven't seen this movie, go freaking watch this movie. If you are in sales, if you, I mean, just go watch the movie. It's so good. It's so good. And the music is phenomenal. And Hugh Jackman is like, he's awesome. He's freaking awesome. Here's what I didn't know. <clears throat> Otherwise, I would have watched it in a heartbeat. One of my man crushes, Zac Efron, is in that movie. I have two man crushes. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you. Uh, Zac Efron and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Those. Two. So what's funny about that, though, to my knowledge, they've been in one movie together. I don't think they've been in more than that, but they might have. They were in Baywatch. Um, and I tried to watch that movie. It was so bad. I turned it off. So yeah, it didn't, that one didn't work for me. That being said, uh, here's why I have a man crush on these two guys. <laughs> here's how it pertains to business and uh, and, and behavior, really. I mean, because it's what we're about here in the Foxhole Group uh, is managing behavior, learning behavior, and discipline, and learning how to work in teams, and increasing, in, incre- you know, being that one percent, at least maybe the ten percent kind of a person in your life where you're you're getting better in, in um, specific areas. Well, this specific area, I think, is communication. Let's just say communication and sales. So, what's with the uh, the man crush on Zach and The Rock? Here's why. And really, it started years ago. I, I remember I watched a movie with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and I want to say it was Get Shorty 2. I think I have this right. And he played, I think he played a gay guy in that movie. Um, and he would like sing and dance and stuff. And, you know, this big, big wrestler. I think I have the movie right. I might not. Um, at any rate, I, I watched that movie, and I had seen movies with him in it before. And I always liked him. But I watched that movie in particular. Not very good, the movie. And I'm like, this dude is just, he's likable. Man, he's likable. He's got a charisma. He's got something about him. He just, you just want to be his buddy. You know, like I've seen the guy on Instagram and, and there's a lot of people on Instagram that have way more followers and, or at least as many, let's say, or close to as many as Dwayne Johnson, but they just don't have it as much as he does, whatever this it thing is. And if you followed me at all, what I tell people in context of sales anyway and really leadership too, I think, is you have to be likable, credible, and trustworthy. You've got to be those three things. Have to be. It's a prerequisite for sales. Frankly, it's the reason why a lot of people fail in sales. It's why when people are recruited to sales, they, they quickly fail out. And it's why the managers in sales do such a poor job of retention. It's because they really don't understand those three things, the likable, credible, and trustworthy issue. And they certainly, if they're aware of it, they certainly don't know how to coach to it. They just ignore it. Of the three, likable, credible, trustworthy, the most critical, the most important is likability. It's likability because let's just assume everybody's trustworthy. I know you're not, but let's assume people who get into sales aren't getting into it to screw people. Let's just go with that assumption for today. 
So you're trustworthy. Credibility is the least important because that can be farmed out. You know, I mean, if you're if you're a brand new realtor, if you're a brand new financial advisor, or you're brand new, I don't care, car salesman, you're not going to know crap about what you're doing. No big deal. You can you can farm that out. You know, you're selling a new car, you're selling a brand new Lincoln Navigator. You don't know anything about how the technology works. No sweat. Just go get the manager. You know, go get the sales guy who's been there for ten years. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> so credibility can be farmed out, but likability that's where it's at. That's why people will buy from you. And here's the bad news. Ah, good news and bad news. Good news is credibility is the least important. So if you're new or you feel like you don't know everything about whatever you're doing, no sweat. Again, not a big deal. You can learn that. Likeability, though, this one's tough because most of you out there aren't likable. And whenever I say that, I, I do that a lot from stage. I get I get some nasty looks, you know, and I kind of do it for effect, but. What I mean by this is not that, like, your friends and your family, they like you. They love you, I hope. But they know you intimately. You know, they, they know you. Likeability, when you meet somebody for the first time, it, that's a different animal. You can call it charisma. You can call it likability. Whatever. I just call it likability. Um, Dwayne Johnson was born with that. You know, the best salespeople I know, for the most part, are born with it. It doesn't mean it can't be learned, because it absolutely can. It absolutely can. Um, but it, man, it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of soft stuff. <clears throat> you know, we talk about behavior a lot. And the discipline in order to uh, get better in life and the discipline required to do these things. Well, <laughs> for me, most of the people that I coach are not willing to delve deep into the likability area because it's soft. It's hard to put your finger on. You can't, there's no metric. You really can't quantify it. It's um, subjective for sure. But um, if you look at somebody like Dwayne Johnson, you know, with how successful he's been and how many followers and people who, I mean, the guy, he's so, he's been so successful and uh, yeah, I mean, he's a big dude, right? He's got, he's got a phenomenal physique, but really what is it about him? I mean, is he, is he an Oscar winning caliber actor? No, no. Is he a hall of fame NFL football player? Negative. No, the dude's likable. And so, and those things attract me. Um, I had never really given it much thought before, but like when, when I find somebody that's just innately likable, I, I just got to be around those people. I just, I like them. <laughs> and so they're, so Dwayne Johnson was like my original man crush just because he's so damn likable. I love every movie he's in every movie. Well, not Baywatch, but every other movie I like, um, he reads his lines as if they weren't written. You know what I mean? It, it's hard to do that. Um, some of you guys know, or some of you out there might know that I was a child actor, not a great one, but I was, you know, I was in movies and TV shows and things like that. Got paid for it. It was pretty cool. Um, but when they write lines and you read them in the audition and you're looking at them, I mean, they come off the page very clunky. I just imagine that this guy doesn't have lines. He just shows up and talks. So that's, that's my first man crush, Zac Efron in this greatest showman movie and it's the same thing. I remember watching a movie. I was one of those like teenage movies where, you know, the, the kid like changes bodies with his dad, you know, those, ch um, not trading places, but he, he, that kind of movie, um, like 13 going on 30, those types of movies. He was in one of those. And I remember watching that movie. I had no idea who he was. And I'm like, I like that kid. I just like him. You know, he, the way he says stuff is just so natural. I don't feel like he's acting. I feel like he's just talking. Like it's just who he is. It's just the way he is. And he's that way in every movie, every movie. And so <laughs> can you ask my wife, if Zac Efron's in a movie, I'm, I'm all over. I want to see it. 
If The Rock's in a movie or a TV show, I'm in. I want to see it. And again, some of these movies are super cheesy, like uh, The Rock just did uh, Skyscraper, I think is what it was called. Brutal. Brutal movie. Waste of money. But my man crush was in it. What does this have to do with you? You want people to have a crush on you, man or woman, right? That's what you want if you're selling something. And let's just be honest, like sales, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're a corporate executive or if you sell life insurance. I don't care what you're doing. You are a salesman and you have to get people to buy you because they're either buying you or they're quote unquote firing you. You know, the people that kind of emotionally abandon you and want nothing to do with you. Um, you know, managers get that a lot. They don't know it. You know, when, when they lose respect, people quote unquote fire them like emotionally and they walk away from them and the manager probably doesn't even know. Um, and, and that happens in sales a lot and that happens everywhere. So your, your ability to generate more revenue, more top line revenue in whatever business you're in, I believe is completely and directly related to your likability. Yeah, you need to know your stuff, right? <clears throat> yeah, you do. You need to know your product. You need to know the inner workings of it. That's the credibility issue. But that can be built. That can take time. Um, but likability is the great equalizer. And you need people out there who have that man crush on you or, or that lady crush on you. <laughs> you know, And they're, they're saying, it, anytime that you call them for a meeting, they want to be there. There's just something about you. They want to hang around you. We all see that, just like in our own little ecosystems, right? Just think about whatever you do for a living. And if you go to conferences and certain people stand on stage and you tune out, like you just can't sit there and listen and other people stand on stage and you're just like absorbed. You not, you might be taking notes, but you don't even really care what they're saying. You just like how they're saying it. And you'll go up to that person afterwards. You kind of want to be friends with them, you know, hang around them. I've done that. I mean, there are people in my industry that I just want to be around. I'll actually pay money just to be around them. I mean, it's, it's kind of an odd thing, <clears throat> but it, it's critical. So man crush. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to think this through. You need to get really deep into answering the question. Am I likable? Cause some of you are, and it's not because you've worked at it. You just are, you know, you just were born with it. You've got that little talent. You may not be the super smartest guy. You might not be the best looking woman. You may not be the fastest guy. You may not, you know, fill in the blank. You may not have that, but you've got likability in spades. It's just another skill set or a talent, right? Like throwing a baseball hard or dunking a basketball or being the smart, smartest woman in class because the IQ is so high. Like that, those are just God-given traits. Good. Well, so is likability. For the majority of you out there that aren't likable, naturally, just like the majority of us out there that can't throw a mid-90s fastball, well, can we work on it? And how do we work on it? And that's a tough one, right? Because it's going to require feedback. It's going to require, I hate using this word because it's so out there in the podcast arena, but it's going to take vulnerability. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's a big issue we have to handle. Um, it's, it, you know what, it's really tough to coach too, because when you're in the position of explaining to somebody that they're not that likable in a sales context, then really what the coach is saying is this isn't coming across well, when you say those things, it doesn't work. And that can, man, that, that's personal. That's tough. 
That's really tough. So be open to it, though. Be open to it. Find a coach who you trust their intentions. I mean, this is the key in marriage, too, I think. Like, you have to trust the intentions of the coach, just like you have to trust the intentions. You know, Jamie and I, I think our marriage is so strong because if I do something, I'm sure I'm sure I've never done anything that bothers her, but let's just say I did. You know, Jamie, she knows that my intentions are pure. I mean nothing but the best for her. Am I a selfish person? Yeah, I am. But with her, I'm not. And with her, I'm not. And she knows that. And so if I screw something up, I don't get a pass. Like she'll say, hey, we got to fix this, whatever. But she doesn't take it so personally because she knows it was a mistake. It was my intentions were pure. When you're looking for a coach, especially in the area of likability, you're looking for somebody whose intentions are pure. You're not going to like what they have to say to you. And maybe they don't even say it the right way. Maybe they could say it better. You know, maybe they could deliver the information better. But if you trust that their intentions are pure and that they just want the best for you, you can handle those, those difficult conversations. Okay, so that's, that's man crushes. Zach, Dwayne, I know you guys are listening to this podcast, pretty sure. Hit me up. Let's hang out. Get a beer. That'd be good. Um, Moneyball. This is just sort of a random podcast today. Moneyball. I was um, having a conversation uh, over text with a client of mine, a coaching client, and he was struggling with something. He, he needed to have a difficult conversation. He didn't really want to have it. He's not a natural killer. You know, it's just not who he is. He's a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. Super good guy. Likeable. <laughs> Definitely likable. Has a, has a likability thing in spades, this guy. But he's not tough. He can be too likable. He can get walked all over. He's a... He likes to rescue puppy dogs, let's just say, right? <clears throat> and he's in management, and he was going to have a tough discussion. And um, I was sharing it with my wife. I was telling her, you know, hey, you know, this is what's going on, and because she knows this guy too, and um, she's like, oh yeah, that, that is a tough one. Like that, that's not going to be a lot of fun. And she said, oh, you, you should, you should tell him to be Brad Pitt. And I'm like, what? She's, yeah, you, you should tell him to be Brad Pitt. I, mean, I, was, I was lost, a little worried, <coughs> lost. And she said, yeah, you remember, I mean, way, way back <coughs> when Jamie and I were getting engaged, I had to go tell my ex-wife that I was marrying this woman. And um, it, it was not going to go well. I just didn't think that was going to go well. <coughs> Pardon me. And Jamie remembered that what I did was, and I do this a lot and I just don't even think about it, I took myself out of the equation. I, I love Moneyball, that movie Moneyball. And the character that Brad Pitt plays in that is a very unemotional guy for the most part. It just is what it is. I mean, if you go watch the scenes when he's in there with the scouts and, you know, he's trying to explain to them like, Hey guys, everything's changed and this is the way we're doing it. And they keep pulling and pushing and prodding. He's like, Nope. And he just sticks the course. Not, he wasn't a jerk. He was just very unemotional about it. Very detached. You know, which we talk about a lot in, in Foxhole. And she goes, yeah, don't you remember that? Like when you were driving to go see her, you were like, yeah, I'm just going to change into that Moneyball character. You just became the character. And then it, I remembered it clicked. And that was true. And I do that all the time. So, and it doesn't need to just be in a difficult conversation. It could be in a you know different type of conversation. It could be a sales situation. It really could be anything. Um, but specifically in the arena of sales, if you find that you don't have a natural ability to be tough or to close or to whatever, you know, fill in the blank, um, borrow it, borrow it. Like we talked about earlier, um, where you can, you can farm out credibility. You can farm out personality a lot too. 
And uh, I get a lot of eye rolls on this, but I tell people, look, if you want to be a better salesperson, go take an improv class or 15 of them. I think the reason why I'm a naturally good salesman is twofold. One, I grew up in a very difficult household as a child where there was just a lot of stuff going on in our house. Um, and I always had to kind of read the situation emotionally and understand like what was going on. Who was mad at who? Who was going to yell at who? Or any dishes going to get broken today? That kind of stuff. Um, and so I learned at a very young age to take a temperature of people emotionally. And that's really critical when it comes to sales. You have to have that skill set. And it's hard to develop when you're older. I'm just, it's just, it is. It's hard to develop. When you're a child and you go through difficult things, you, you pick that stuff up fairly quickly. Um, but the other thing that I was as a child, as I mentioned before, was I was an actor. And so I was taking improv and I was studying acting and I was, I was really good at mimicking. I was really good at, um, especially in auditions, you know, which is sales, right? You walk in and you've got the script of things to say, but you know, the director and the producer have in their head the way that they think it should be said. And so the, the lesser roles, like, you know, I was reading for certainly not like a leading man kind of role, but for lesser roles, what you really need to do is go in there and basically find out what are they thinking and give them that. And guess what? That's what sales is. What's the problem? Let's solve that problem and let's make it simple. Let's not make it complex. People don't want complexity. They don't want it to take a long time. They want to be able to tell you what the problem is and then they want you to solve the problem. And for that, they're going to give you money which is what we want. <laughs> we want money. We want revenue. So innately, I understand. I, like, I couldn't even put words on paper with this, but I, I can read the emotions of a room quickly and figure out how I need to handle it. And number two is I was just an innate actor. And now I use it as an adult. And so Moneyball, the, you know, the second piece of this and, and things I want you to think about is if you if you have a big meeting coming up or if you have a very difficult conversation um, happening, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest doing this with your spouse, but you know, maybe, or your kids, but maybe in-laws that would work, or maybe, you know, your manager or your boss or whatever, just don't be you for 20 minutes. Just adopt a character and, and, and be the character. Try it. It's, it's great exercise because really what you're doing is you're sharpening a skill set so that when you are in a meeting and you need to move in a different direction, you can quickly do that. We call it pivot, right? Pivoting. You can do that quickly. Um, again, that's a skill set that's acquired over time. Nobody's going to talk to you about that at your, your your sales meetings where they talk about products or they talk about manipulation or they talk about narratives and all this other kind of, I don't want to call it BS, but you know, look, we've been talking about that stuff forever and it's not helping people that much. I mean, a very small percentage of people are actually as successful as they want to be in the world of sales in particular. So it goes back to behavior and the discipline to actually apply yourself to the things that you need to learn. And one of them is being likable, but the other one is trying things like this. Now, is this universal? It's going to work for everybody? Of course not. No. Some people are going to try it and not like it. They're not going to like it. They're not going to feel like it's, it's real because it's not real. You're, you're playing a character for a very small period in time. But try it. Okay, just try it. All right, so the third one, this is going to be a, a shorter podcast uh, today than we norm normally do. The third one, Axe versus Ballers. Ballers, the TV show, HBO TV show. So here we are, back at uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Axe uh, is a character in um, the H, I think it's a, uh, maybe Showtime show, uh, Billions, uh, Axe Capital, right? So 
Axe is the is a main character's name. He's the guy. If you've never seen the show, he's the guy who plays uh, the main character in Homeland in the first couple seasons. Damian Lewis, I think his name is the redheaded guy. Um, <clears throat> now, so this is interesting. Like he's not likable. <laughs> oh man, that that probably sounded good in your speakers. No, he's not likable. Naturally, but he's a great actor. I mean, he's such a good character actor, I think, even though he plays the lead man in all these different TV shows. But in that show, um, Axe, where I wanted to go with this, so if you watch the show, he is a, a hedge fund manager and like one of the top. I mean, he's the guy's worth billions. That's why the show is called that. And it's, it's a TV show about uh, you know, the drama of the industry, the financial industry, as well as the drama of politics. And the government coming after, you know, a capitalist at his core and, and, and what that capitalist does to hold on to power and how it tears apart his family and, you know, relationships and things like that. It's, it's just a cool show. So go check it out if you haven't already. But in this show, um, Axe, again, this billionaire, he, he dresses in jeans and sweatshirts and Metallica t-shirts and sneakers. That's what he wears. And there was even an episode, I forget which season, maybe three, where, um, you know, he was, he was not doing well. He needed to go raise capital. He needed to get money. And um, he was struggling big time. So what he did was he went out and, you know, he had to pitch people. He went out and he bought a suit, tie, the whole thing. He got all dressed up, looked great. And he looked great. And he walked into the meetings and he was doing his thing and nobody was buying. He couldn't do it, whatever it was. He couldn't move them. And so there's a scene where he's walking out with his uh, sidekick, um, his right-hand man, and he just, he looked at himself in the, like a windowpane, like a mirror reflection, and uh, he started un- you know, taking the tie off, throwing it in the trash, took his jacket off, threw it in the trash, and his sidekick, his name is Wags, was like, what are you doing? And he goes, man, it's not me. This isn't me. That's why they're not buying. And he walks into a store, dumps all those clothes buys a high-end pair of jeans, buys probably an $80 t-shirt or a $280 t-shirt, comes out looking like a bum, but, you know, a stylish bum. That's the trick. Uh, you got to be, you got to look good. You can't look sloppy. And um, then he goes in and, of course, he crushes it, right? He goes and he gets the money. Well, so why do I bring that up? I mean, here you're talking about an industry traditionally that, um, and if you're in the financial industry, <clears throat> maybe even real estate, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's other industries I'm not thinking about, but for sure financial um, you are quote unquote expected to wear a suit and a tie. And it's, it's ridiculous, really, if you think about it on this premise, because a lot of the people who wear suits and ties, they look horrible in them. I mean, you can't hide the fact that they have no style. You know, they're, they're dressing five years, 10 years sometimes, or 15 years out of style. But it's quote unquote acceptable because, well, it's a suit and tie. And some people I know love suits and ties, love them. Good. They should wear them and they should get all kinds of different color ties and cool cufflinks and, um, you know, awesome patterned jackets and thousand dollar shoes and all that. Like good, fancy socks, do all that. Cool sunglasses, whatever. But a lot of you out there hate that stuff and you'd rather dress like Axe does. And these are fictional characters. I get it. But Axe is a billionaire. He's an apex predator and he dresses the way he wants. He's comfortable that way. And it works. And the flip side is, you can also dress like Spencer. I think Spencer. I forget his last name. Spencer is the guy's name in Ballers. That's that's Dwayne Johnson's uh, name, I think. 
And he is an ex-NFL football player in this show. And he actually goes in also into the financial, you can see, a, I guess, a, a thread here. He goes into the financial advising business after the NFL. And he partners up with another guy. And, uh, you know, it's the story of their <clears throat> domination from, you know, and they go up and down and up and down and they win, make money and lose money. It's a cool show as well. The, but the thing is, he, he does dress like we talked about a second ago. Spencer in this in this show and his partner, man, they they dress they dress to the nines. Awesome suits, super cool ties and shirts and like colors I would never think to put together. And just man, he looks awesome. They both do, and that's what they wear. And they're super successful. Again, I know these are fictional characters, but the reason I'm bringing it up is this: there are people out in your business world that are telling you things that aren't true. They're telling you that this is how you sell. This is how you dress. This is how you, this is what kind of car you should own. This is where you should live. This is how you should manage your finances in your business. This is how you pay your staff. This, 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 this. And I got to tell you, I've been in business for 20 years now. Most of that is garbage. I would say everything works. Everything works. What works for you? Right? So even what we talked about initially, like you could say, okay, Joe, you started off this podcast saying likability is the most important thing. Well, is that actually true? Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. Now, how you develop likability, now there, we've got a lot of different ways we could do, like we mentioned, improv and acting and um, you know, hiring a coach who, who has exercise. There's a lot of different ways to get there. I don't think there's one fail-safe way to improve likability. I don't. Anybody who tells you that there is, is, is lying to you. Just like, I don't think that there's any specific dress code that you should wear. You should wear where you feel comfortable and you look the best in, right? So again, let's just say in ballers, um, Spencer wants to dress in a suit every day, but he wears a, you know, <laughs> he wears a Joseph Banks suit that he bought 12 years ago and still got pleats in it, right? And, 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 and he looks ridiculous. Like it's not cut right for him. Maybe maybe he's a bigger guy, and, and maybe he's got a stomach, and and he just looks ridiculous in a suit because he can't even button the jacket. Or worse, maybe he thinks, well, I got to wear a suit, and so he actually never wears the jacket, right? He just wears the pants and a shirt and a tie, and it just looks ridiculous. Well, I would say he shouldn't do that. He should dress to look good because the flip the flip is the same too. So you can't look at acts. And say, oh, cool, I'll just wear jeans and tennis shoes. And Now, go watch that show. Look, there's a style there. You know, it fits him well. They're not cheap jeans. It's, they're not cheap shirts and hoodies that he's wearing. As, as crazy as that might sound to some of you guys, like there is a difference between a $300 hoodie and a $30 hoodie. There is. They're cut differently. And again, that's going to sound so ridiculous to some of you. I get it. I'm not trying to tell you that I know fashion because I clearly don't. But what I do know is that I have to be comfortable. When I am transacting with somebody in, in business, I need to be super comfortable with who I am and in my skin and how I feel. And if you're working long days, now that's a whole other issue because a lot of you aren't. You're just, you're quote unquote working long days, but you're really just hiding from your spouse at the office because you just, you know, you don't know what to do. So you just kind of show up and go through the motions and, you know, <laughs> so that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. But if you are working hard <clears throat> um, in a long day, 
I, for me, and this is just me, right? I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying for me, I can't be in a suit and tie. I am not comfortable. I hate collars. I hate sleeves, frankly. <clears throat> Ties just look like, <laughs> you know, now I, for some of you guys know, like I, I just started uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I love it. And now I just look at everything as, as a way for somebody to kill me. I mean, I, I can't even imagine putting a tie on. Are you kidding me? People choke me out with my own arm. Why would I put a tie around my neck? That, I mean, <laughs> just make it easy on them. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not wearing those shoes because they're not comfortable. I don't feel comfortable. The pants, you know, I got big legs. Like, they don't move well. I don't like it. But, man, I can buy a pair of $300 jeans that, you know, have that nice movement material in them, and they look good, and they look clean, and, um, you know, a nice uh, Lululemon shirt or something that, that again, fits really well and, and moves well, and, yeah, a nice belt, and, and, and guess what? Really nice tennis shoes. That's 2018. That's what people, that's how people dress. And it's okay. It's acceptable. So open your mind up to, to borrow a phrase from Jocko Willink in the interwebs, the dichotomy here. Both are going to work. You could dress to the, to the nines like Spencer from Ballers. Good. Man, if you can pull that look off, you've got the money to do it and you're comfortable in it. Damn right. You should do that. He looks freaking awesome. But don't discount the fact that the dichotomy is there. And there's a flip side of that too, where Hey, you can also dress like Axe. Both those guys, interestingly enough, and the character, they're both sharks. They get crap done. I mean, they really do. They, the character actually is, as I'm sitting here talking about and thinking it through, they're very similar dudes. They look radically different. They're in completely different industries in the worlds. They come from different backgrounds, like in the two shows, right? Totally different. And yet... What makes them amazing and successful is, is how they operate in business, not what they wear. Now, you can extrapolate this to other areas too, right? So some people are going to tell you, you better drive, you know, you better drive a Mercedes. You better drive a Lexus. You better drive... I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, do you want to drive a dump? A dumpy, you know, beater of a car when you're trying to transact with someone in the business? No, probably not, but... Why not drive something that's just nice and clean and looks good? Why not drive something? What's the what's wrong with driving something that's ten years old, but washed all the time? You know, the tires are all shiny and it looks good. Nothing's wrong with that. I don't prefer that personally, but there's nothing wrong with that. That works. I know a lot of successful people who who <laughs> you know they just drive old. I don't know. I don't even know what this old Camrys, let's say, but they, but it's taken care of. And I also know people who are super successful that drive, you know, $200,000 Porsches. It's not the car. It's the man. It's not the suit or the jeans. It's the man, the car and the, the clothing and the, all that stuff. That's really, in my opinion, supposed to be there to support who you actually are. What's going to put you at your most comfort? What's going to allow you to operate the most effectively? to transact in the business world. That's what those things are about. So it all, it all, this applies to everything, right? So, hey, the way that you learn this product, the way that you sell this case, the way that you, whatever, you have to go to this coach or you have to learn this narrative or you have, I don't think that's true. There are some things in life where there's only one way to do it. I would guess there's probably only one way to land a jet on an aircraft carrier. I'm going to guess that's the Navy way, right? Like there's just one way to do that. I joke with my uh, daughter, Amelia, and she just started jujitsu too. And I'm like, hey, you can't make moves up. 
has a white belt with no stripes. There's one way to do that move. Do it the way that your professor is telling you. That's it. That's it. When you become an expert, you can change some stuff. But right now, there's one way to do it. But for most of us in our worlds, when you have people saying, this is the way, understand one of two things is true. Either look at the person and figure out, well, are they successful? Based on, you know, like the subjective, but based on your opinion, are they successful? If so, consider what they're saying. If they're not successful, meaning they're not making the money that you think that that you'd want to make, they don't have the lifestyle that you would want, they don't have the relationship that you would want with your spouse, et cetera, et cetera. If they're not that person, just discount it. Just, you know, you don't have to ignore it, discount it heavily. But if they are successful, consider it. But the second thing is true too now. Let's say a super successful person tells you this is the way this is done. And you look at them and you're like, yep, they're successful. I'm going to consider this. Understand that that may be the way only for them. It may not work for you. This is, I mean, this is me in a nutshell. This is why I think one of the, one of my strengths as a coach is I rarely will tell anybody, no, this is the way you do this. If I do tell you this is the way you do this, then it's that's the way you do it because <laughs> it's rare. For the most part, what I'm saying, and I always give it a caveat, is look, for me, this is what works. Now, this may not work for you, and here's why. And so we got to try different things. Um, for me, if I was new in my industry and my manager or boss came to me and said, you must wear a suit, tie, and cufflinks, I, that wouldn't work for me. I'd leave. It just wouldn't work for me. I mean, at this point in my life, almost 44, with 20 years of business experience under me, like if I'm brand new day one, I get it because it's a respect thing, but you know, it doesn't help me. It actually hinders me from working. So I got to say no to that. Um, <clears throat> but if they say, uh, hey, Joe, like I noticed you're running your, your staff a certain way. And let me give you an opinion. Like I've tried that before. It didn't work. Here's why. Now I'm listening. Now I'm all ears. Okay, so whew, man crushes. What's that about? Likeability, likeability, and you got to be likable. You got to be credible, and you got to be trustworthy. You got to know your stuff. Credibility. You got to be trustworthy. Right? So those two things are funny too, because like you could be credible, um, or you could be trustworthy but not credible, which is funny because most people won't tell you that. For instance, I could tell you, like right now I'm recording this at uh, 9.39 a.m. Central. And I could say to somebody um, who knows me really well and knows that I'm a trustworthy person, that I don't lie, that, hey, it's, uh, it's 9.30 at night. And they're looking outside and they're like, hmm, something's going on with Delisi because I, I believe that he's telling me the truth best that he knows, but it's not night. Like he's wrong. So it's not a trust issue. It's no, he's just wrong, right? So you can be trustworthy, but not credible. So just kind of be careful with that. Pay attention to that. So likable, trustworthy, and credible, all three of which the most important thing is, man, you got to be likable. You got to be likable. You want to be the rock. You want to be Zach Efron. You got to be, you know, you, you want people to have a crush on you. So they buy stuff from you. Moneyball. Well, if you're not likable, if you're not a killer, if you're not a good manager, if you're not good at tough conversations, well, then you go borrow that from somebody until you learn that skill set. 
and you can detach and turn it on and off, right? Like let's say you have to have a really tough conversation and it's going to, it's going to hurt. You know, you're telling somebody, maybe you got to tell somebody that they can't work here anymore. Maybe you got to tell somebody that, you know, what they want, what they've asked from you is not going to happen. You're not going to give it to them. And that's uncomfortable for you. You know, most people don't really love, um, confrontations. Let's just say that to you. Okay. You still got to have the conversation. You still got to take care of business. Borrow with it. Borrow it. If you're not good at it, go be Billy Bean from Moneyball. Right? Go be, I mean, I I don't know. I'm just trying to think of characters. Like, that's my favorite one. I love that character. But, you know, borrow it. Be somebody else for a very short period of time. Um, By the way, again, it's going to help you immensely in the world of sales. Uh, Number three, acts versus ballers. This is simple. This is just, look, there's a... There's a moving sliding scale of what's going to work for different people. And let's not get so wrapped up in the unimportant. Let's worry about something else. You know, my attorney says that a lot. He goes, ah, yeah, I worry about something else. Whenever I start getting my mind wrapped around like, oh, this could happen, that could happen. He's like, ah, I worry about something else. Ah, cool. All right. Whenever he says that to me, I'm like, ah, I've got permission to ignore that thing and go move on. <clears throat> so acts. And Spencer, those dudes are totally different people. Figure out well, who are you more like. How do you like to dress? What do you like to drive? Where do you like to live? What do you like your schedule to be like? Do you actually have to work nine to five? Do you? Do you actually have to work every month of the year? I mean, maybe you do. Maybe that's what works for you. Maybe you need a schedule. Maybe you need a systematic schedule that you don't deviate from. I don't. That's death to me. I need to play. I need time off. That's what God designed me to be at play. That's what's a good life for me. But God also designed some people to work. I mean, like Gary Vaynerchuk, some of you guys are familiar with him, right? Go check him out if you're not. That dude, he's built to work. He loves it. If he played as much as I play, he'd kill himself. He'd hate it. For me, you know, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, good, good for him. More power to him, man. That's awesome that he loves it that much. I would argue that that's his version of playing. For me, no, 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 no. I got to work, you know, in my in my business because I enjoy that business. It does a great top line revenue. It takes care of my family. It helps people. And it affords me the ability to live the life that really God designed me to live. I want to play hockey and baseball and jujitsu and I want to go run and I want to swim in the open water and I want to uh, climb mountains and, you know, ride mountain bikes and <clears throat> do triathlons or whatever. I want to do that stuff. Cause when I do that stuff, it just makes me more fulfilled, which I then turn around and give to my wife and my kids. If I'm miserable all the time, what kind of dad and, and spouse am I? I'm, 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 I'm unhappy. And then we turn around a lot of times, men and women, and we're not happy and our spouse or our kids know it. And we, well, you know, work's really hard. Well, how do you think that makes them feel? Why is dad at work? Why, why does he work all the time? Mom, I guess he needs to pay for my stuff. And man, I mean, they may not voice that, but that's what's going on. Don't be a victim. Don't do that. Have an amazing life. Do that. Because in doing that, you're going to teach other people and show other people the way to get there. That's so critical. I don't care if it's your client or your wife or your husband or your kid. You don't get rewarded for hard work. You go do things so that you can work hard. It's a big difference there. And so in the acts versus ballers, understand that everybody's a little different. And 
lifestyle and clothing and everything works, guys. Everything works. Is what works for you. So I think that's good for today. Um, like I said at the beginning, uh, we are, this is the beginning of December is when I'm recording this. Uh, I know we got a lot of young, um, new entrepreneurs listen to this and, and some savvy older guys too and, and women. Um, cool. You know, if you want to, you want to hit me up, you can, you can get me on the best place really is on Facebook. Um, right now also Instagram, either way, just go, just go search for Foxhole Partner, singular Foxhole Partner. Just look that up. Um, and, uh, hit me up there, go to our website. Uh, if you've got ideas you want me to speak to on, um, social or on the podcast, let me know. Happy to do it. Uh, and then also don't forget, like if you're, if some of this stuff's resonating with you and you're like, Oh man, I don't that makes sense. Like how do we go deeper on that? Well, you do it in groups, you do it in groups, um, cost effective. And more importantly, you create a team, which is critical. And so, as I said, Foxhole three is getting ready to kick off. Um, let us know if you're interested. We'll get you pricing. We'll tell you what to expect and what not to expect, and we'll get rolling with it. So um, probably have another podcast before the end of the year, Uh, so look for that, and uh, thanks for listening. And you know what? I'm supposed to say this. I always forget, but I don't know. Go rate us, I guess, on iTunes. (laughs) I don't... It's funny because people say, oh, yeah, go rate us five stars. I don't... Don't do that if it's not five stars. Like, do it. Do one star if it sucks. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Actually, no, it hurt my feelings. But sometimes you got to get your feelings hurt in order to improve, just like being likable. Um, so uh, if you don't tune in before the end of the year, I hope everyone has a great Christmas uh, holiday season and um, you know, don't overeat. Or if you do, get right back on the path. <laughs>